This is Dylan FM, a freak music club podcast on Bob Dylan. If you love Dylan, you're in the right place. This season, we're going deep on Time Out of Mind to celebrate its 25th anniversary. Here's your host, Craig Danielov. Make You Feel My Love is a song that has received a lot of attention, but not for the reasons that Bob Dylan's songs are usually singled out. One is that it really caught the attention of other singers who covered it both prominently and frequently. Ray Padgett talked to us about that on an earlier episode. The song at number one has 216 covers in this database. 26 for number two, 216 for number one. And as I'm sure most of you have figured out already, that number one song is Make You Feel My Love. Make You Feel My Love has been covered at this point by Boy George, by Neil Diamond, by Ed Sheeran, by Michael Buble, Kelly Clarkson, Susan Boyle, the cast from Glee. And for God's sake, it's been covered by Engelbert Humperdinck. The song is also notable for the rare derision it inspires. It's the rare Bob Dylan song that a fair number of hardcore Dylan fans just don't like. Our guest today is Laura Tenshirt, a writer, podcaster, and musician currently living in London and someone willing to challenge and discuss the song and that often expressed, if not prevalent, feeling. Laura runs Definitely Dylan, which started as a radio show and now lives as a podcast and Patreon group. It's about art and creativity through the lens of Bob Dylan's work. She is a member of the board of the Institute of Bob Dylan Studies in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and is a frequent speaker at Dylan events. Today's podcast starts with Laura giving a talk to one of our members-only online events last year. Here, Laura digs into the issue around the controversy of this song and takes a deeper look at the song itself, what it might say and mean, and how these things interact with people's expectations and tastes. If you're hearing this, you're listening to our public feed, which includes Laura's full presentation. But afterwards, her and I spoke for about 30 additional minutes about Make You Feel My Love. That part of the episode is only available to premium members who get extended editions of our podcast. There are links to become a premium subscriber in the show notes. Membership funds our efforts and gets you access not only to extended episodes, but the video versions of these discussions, access to exclusive blog posts, events, and more. We also have a free weekly Dylan newsletter. You can find the sign-up for that in the show notes as well. If you're a new Dylan FM listener, check out our back catalog, as we've now talked to 20-plus smart and interesting folks about Time Out of Mind. Those include remix engineer Michael Brower, author Larry Starr, who wrote a book about how to listen to Bob Dylan's music, and musician Wesley Stace, formerly known as John Wesley Harding, who took a deep dive through his thoughts about time out of mind. These great episodes and more are waiting in your podcast app, so check them out. But for now, here's Laura Tenshirt talking about Make You Feel My Love. I have a very interesting role here today because I'm going to talk about something that millions of people already know and that is that Make You Feel My Love is a song worth paying attention to. Um, As we all know and Ray has spoken about this at the last session, Bob Dylan has always been covered throughout his entire career. In fact, his early success was based on covers by other mainstream artists like Peter, Paul and Mary. Um, And in the intervening years, from Jimi Hendrix to Guns N' Roses, his songs have often found more fame in other people's versions. But even in this context, 
and again, Ray talked about this in more depth, Make You Feel My Love is an outlier because of its crossover success as a mainstream pop song. And this wasn't due to Billy Joel, nor Garth Brooks. And I would say that it wasn't even initially due to Adele. Um, I think it happened more once the song made the jump to reality singing shows like The X Factor or Britain's Got Talent. And I think from that on, the song just took a life of its own. Of course, with performances on programs like these, you know, they're usually lacking nuance and they're usually more interested in acrobatics rather than artistry. And the song is often buried. Um, and I think that the only song that we can possibly even compare it to would be Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah, which has suffered a similar fate in that it's been sung by all sorts of people who you wouldn't expect to be covering a Leonard Cohen song. And there too, it was due, it was through or via a cover, right? Because there, I think it was because of Jeff Buckley and who made the song a lot more famous and in the case of Make You Feel My Love, it was Adele. Either way, no matter which way you turn it, Make You Feel My Love is now part of Bob Dylan's legacy. Um, and I think for that reason alone, it's worth taking a closer look. But the thing is, a lot of Dylan fans and a lot of Dylan critics hate this song. And I mean, they really hate it. And I think we should quickly figure out like why they hate it. So what, what, are, they, what are they saying about it? Um, for example, the initial review of Time Out of Mind by Rolling Stone magazine um, said, only make you feel my love, a spared ballad undermined by greeting card lyrics breaks the album's spell. Clinton Halen seems that the less said about the song, the better. He says there's no depth to the song. Andrew Muir thinks that it's, quote, sad that the man who single-handedly turned popular music into something other than mindless platitudes about or banal complaints surrounding love was moving into his late 50s with an album drenched in the very sentiments he had once vanquished. Um, and the silent implication is, of course, that Make You Feel My Love is the song that's most guilty of this. And Michael Gray... Um, calls it the album's low point and writes about the song's irredeemable awfulness, calling it Make You Feel My Love. And perhaps most scathingly, he says that it's a song, quote, unworthy of any place at all in Bob Dylan's repertoire. I mean, that's a pretty, you know, that's a pretty big accusation to say it's basically, basically not even worthy of being called the Dylan song. And I think... If I, if I can make a guess here, I think that Make You Feel My Love is to many Dylan fans not what they want from a Bob Dylan song. That's kind of what I surmise from what I've seen fans say about it and from what these critics are saying as well. But this obviously begs the question, what is a Bob Dylan song? You know, what do we want from a Bob Dylan song? And the other day I was having an argument on Twitter with someone who said that he didn't care that Saved was a great gospel album because, in his opinion, it just wasn't a great Bob Dylan album. And I think that this goes, it speaks to a similar line of argument, right? Because the, but the problem with this argument is that it kind of stems from this idea that we, as the audience, get to define who or what Bob Dylan is. Uh, and I've been thinking about that quite a bit in my work and um, in the things that I've been writing about lately, because I think that a lot of fans that grew up with Dylan, especially, I mean, not exclusively, but I think a lot of fans um, 
who grew up with Dylan come at any new work with a preformed idea of what they want from Bob Dylan. And they judge a new release by whether or not it lives up to their idea of Bob Dylan. Maybe it's because I'm a second or even third generation fan, depending on how you want to define it. And I've come to Dylan after he's already, you know, been born again, went electric, obviously, uh, and has thrown a lot of other curveballs that I am less inclined to think in that way. And I think that a, a lot of fans who come at his work once a lot of, you know, a bit later in, in, um, in his career, um, they maybe are more likely to judge a, less likely to judge a release by who they think Bob Dylan should be, but rather um, they think about how the new work expands our idea of who Bob Dylan is. And I mean, again, I'm making generalizations here. I'm not saying that all fans, that all older uh, or first generation fans are doing this. But in the case of Make You Feel My Love, um, if we take a look at the song a little bit more closely. So on the one hand, we have the music and, um, and the music, as well as the lyrics to some extent, evoke the Great American Songbook. And this is interesting because back in 1997, when Time Out of Mind came out, this might have been rather random. But now looking back 25 years later, after Dylan has recorded Shadows in the Night, Fallen Angels and Triplicate, uh, this con connection between Make You Feel My Love and the Great American song Songbook seems to fall into place a bit more and it almost seems like a kind of foreshadowing. And I think it's the classic nature of the music along with the simple and very beautiful melody that makes the song so easy to cover. But it might also be why some regard it as too slick or too sappy and it generally that it doesn't sound like a Dylan song. But the main criticism across the board is based on the subject matter on the one hand, that the song appears to be a very straightforward love song, which some say is unusual for Dylan. And on the other hand, that the lyrics are in their eyes simplistic and cliched, and once again, don't live up to some people's idea of what Bob Dylan lyrics sound like or to the standard that they expect from Bob Dylan. And we will get into the lyrics a bit more specifically in a moment, but the song's success is evidence that the lyrics do resonate with a lot of people, right? I mean, I think we can say that, but because the subject matter is love, you know, seemingly straightforward, very emotionally open, I believe that a lot of fans and predominantly a lot of male fans reject it. I have to say that these opinions leave an uncomfortable aftertaste for me because they suggest that romantic songs, which are often aimed at and loved by women, are less serious or just plain worse because of their subject matter. And it's true that Bob Dylan initially set himself apart from other songwriters by writing these anti-love songs, anti-love songs like It Ain't Me, Babe. Don't think twice, it's all right. But it's also not like he's never written other sincere and very simple professions of love before Make You Feel My Love. A source close to the Dylan camp, whatever that means, compared the song to Lay Lady Lay in its straightforward lyric and very singable melody. 
And I would also like to remind you of songs like If Not For You, where he sings, I'd be sad and blue if not for you. I mean, that's not really the height of poetry either, but it gets straight to the point. And that's what's more important, especially because these are songs and not poems. And while Bob Dylan has expanded the lyrics of popular songwriting, he's also always admired classic songwriters for their ability to communicate a feeling in songwriting concisely. He loves country music. He loves Hank Williams. And in those songs, the power comes from the fact that simple words are used to convey a complex but universally relatable emotion. Think of, I'm so lonesome, I could cry. So let's think about the lyrics to make you feel my love. Because on top of everything that I've just said, I don't actually believe that this is a straightforward love song. And I'm very surprised that it's been dismissed as such for such a long time. The song begins with the first verse. When the rain is blowing in your face and the whole world is on your case, I could offer you a warm embrace to make you feel my love. Some people take issue with these lines. I personally don't see anything wrong with them. Um, but more importantly, this first verse really sets the tone for the song in several ways. For one, rain and wind are powerful themes throughout Dylan's work. I did a whole episode about the wind in Dylan's work a few years ago, which you can check out on my website. And wind in particular is often an externalization of confusion and psychological turmoil in Dylan's lyrics, while rain is often associated with its rhyme word pain. Think of pain pouring down. I will lay awake and listen to the sound of pain, right? So the opening lines, in a sense, function also like an inversion of the dynamic described in Shelter from the Storm. Only here, it's the singer offering shelter. And this first verse overall is innocuous enough. But there are already traces that things aren't quite as simple and straightforward as they might seem. The magic, or should I say tragic, word here is could. This is the word that tells us that this is anything but a sappy or sentimental love song. Think about the difference between when the rain is blowing in your face and the whole world is on your case, I will offer you a warm embrace, or I can offer you a warm embrace to make you feel my love. But that's not what he's singing. He's saying, I could offer you a warm embrace. And that word really makes all the difference. This is a song about unrequited love. And the more intense the singer's professions of his love get, the more tragic the song gets. As the song progresses, the singer's pleading is, in, is getting increasingly more desperate. So he begins by saying he could offer a warm embrace. In the next verse, that embrace turns into wanting to hold her a million years. You know, he's coming on very, very strongly. And the thing is, he technically knows this. Because as soon as we get into the first B section, he sings, I know you haven't made your mind up yet. But the thing is that his knowledge of her indecision is immediately contrasted with the singer asserting that he has no doubt in my mind where you belong, right? So we have, I know you haven't made your mind up yet, no doubt in my mind where you belong. So we have this disconnect that's been hinted at in the could in the first verse, in the second verse, throughout the song. And it's kind of confirmed in this B section. And the thing is, 
this pursuit of the singer, it almost gets a little bit creepy, especially in the next verse where he escalates again. I'd go hungry, I'd go black and blue, I'd go crawling down the avenue. And it's not that lines like these are necessarily out of place in a passionate love song where you maybe sing about how your love has conquered all sorts of adversity. But what about as a love song to someone who hasn't made their mind up yet, right? If the person that the singer loves hasn't committed yet. And in this context, let's consider even the title of the song, which is also the refrain, Make You Feel My Love. The singer has love that he wants to give to his prospective partner. The singer is listing everything that he would do for his beloved. In other words, he is showing his love. He is trying to prove his love. And in both those things, the responsibility would rest solely on him. But that's not what the phrase is getting at. Make you feel my love. He wants the song's addressee to feel his love, which is sadly something that he has no control over. And the song that came to mind is I Can't Make You Love Me by Bonnie Raitt, where she sings, I can't make your heart feel something it won't. And this is the same dilemma that the singer is facing. The thing is that any romantic gesture or show of affection doesn't register as such if it comes from someone that you're not interested in. And this is really the crux. As I was thinking about the song, I was reminded of the Bob Dylan video to Duquesne Whistle. In the, in the video, a young man is repeatedly trying to win over a girl that he has randomly taken a liking to after seeing her in the street. All his attempts at winning her over are straight out of the textbook of a classic rom-com. He steals her roses. He tries to get her attention by following her. But the result is not as he had planned. Rather, the woman perceives his constant pursuit as creepy and is increasingly freaked out, which is understandable if you watch the video. But he persists with pretty disastrous results. He is what we now will call a typical nice guy. But he too is determined to make the woman feel his, if not love, then at least infatuation. And let's just say he too ends up black and blue crawling down the avenue. In both the video to Decane Whistle and Make You Feel My Love, there is a fundamental disconnect between the singer's feelings and the feelings of the person that he's singing to. So over the course of the song, the singer's examples of what he is willing to do get more and more extreme and even more and more violent. In fact, in the mismatch of emotions between the singer and the addressee, the repeated phrase, to make you feel my love, can appear almost sinister, like a threat. And this is something that Grayley Heron has noted in his book on Time Out of Mind, Dreams and Dialogues, where he makes the case that Make You Feel My Love is one of several songs on Time Out of Mind in which Dylan blurs the line between the genre of love song and murder ballad. In the next B section, the rain of the opening line has turned into a raging storm. Has he been pushed too far, maybe like an idiot wind, where the situation turns into a raging storm? He sings, the storms are raging on the rolling sea and on the highway of regrets. The winds of change are blowing wild and free. You ain't seen nothing like me yet. And as Jochen has already noted, the phrase highway of regret is the title of a Stanley Brothers song and the same song 
Dylan went back to a few times. He also took a line from it for trying to get to heaven and also took basically the chorus for Ain't Talking from it. But in the juxtaposition of the highway of regret and the winds of change, um, this section kind of echoes the indecision of the first B section. So the winds of change and regret. Um, could the singer be saying that if his love interest doesn't choose him, they will regret it? And with that in mind, you ain't seen nothing like me yet again sounds kind of like a threat. But then we come to the last verse, and the last verse is really the saddest. And the singer here sounds appropriately defeatist. I could make you happy, make your dreams come true, he sings. And what isn't said is the silent plea, if only you'd let me. In his desperate defeat, the singer even restates a line that he's already used early on in the song, saying that there's nothing that I wouldn't do. This line appears twice in the song. And um, Michael Gray has noted that he thinks that this is one reason why he doesn't like the song and that this shows that Dylan ran out of ideas. Personally, I don't think that Bob Dylan would have any trouble finding another rhyme with you. Um, so I choose to believe that this is on purpose. I think that he is rather hammering home this point once more. And then he kind of, then he closes the song by saying that he would go to the ends of the earth for you. And I get the feeling that maybe at this point he already has an inkling that the only reason the object of his affection would like this, him going to the ends of the earth for you, is because that would take him far, far away from her. I have a few other notes on the, on the recording of this, but I don't know if I don't want to go too much over uh, the time limit. So maybe we can leave it at that. That was Laura's presentation to the group. And then we talked for about 30 minutes. Here's some excerpts from that discussion. I think with this song, we're really due for a reevaluation because it seems like the Dylan critics that were that felt quite negatively about the song have not really evolved in their opinions. A lot of people who covered it are pretty established songwriters who would know if they were covering a bad song. You know, the, the Neil Diamonds and The Prince, which was a cover I yeah. just discovered. I, I think I would argue that most Dylan fans don't think like that. And they just enjoy the song. Maybe also because they expect something more from Dylan in his 50s than they did from Dylan in his 20s and 30s. But then kind of spends more time and says, wow, this music is actually... It's a good version of a style that you might not like. Yeah, I think the palate cleansing is mostly musical to me. It's not like this is a, an, a song that stands in complete isolation in Dylan's work. If you take all that into account, it becomes easier than saying, of all the things in the world Bob Dylan could do, why would he do this? Because mm -hmm. he got to do all those things somewhere else. So maybe this is filling a role and you need to look at it that way. Mm -hmm. The feeling that I get is that he enjoys the ambiguity. Check the show notes for a link you can use to upgrade and immediately get both the longer version of this show, all our shows, and access to show videos. Don't forget to subscribe and rate this podcast. It really helps. For bonus episodes and more, 
become a member at freakmusic.club slash join. And you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at FMC underscore Dylan. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.